0: Do it. So obviously if we screw it up we'll just <laughs> Yeah, we'll either edit it but if we screw it completely we'll just start again.
1: Yeah. I feel like you've got to start of the podcast now,
0: though. Right? Do you? Okay, let's <laughs> see. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to a special episode zero of the NHSR podcast. This podcast is primarily for us to test the public process of publishing a podcast but we thought on here, we could give you a flavor of what's to come. So we'll be talking in the future episodes about all the work of the NHSR community, as well as having special guests who use R and other open source tools in their work. So the focus will be on real analysis and in particular looking at analyses that are themselves shared as open source. So the first guest we have on our special episode zero is Tom Gemmett from the Strategy Unit. So Tom, welcome. Hi. Um, so, uh, first, tell us how you started using R&Y.
1: So, um, I, I've been kind of programming computers for an incredibly long time. My, um, my dad brought a computer home from work and we, we started to teach us programming when, when we were little kids. Um, you know, back then, MS DOS was the <laughs> only way to interact with a computer. You kind of had to learn a little bit more than just point and click. Um, so, at the point, my brother was starting a PhD in chemistry and uh, this sent him on a, a three month elective on statistics. And I think it almost drove him to the point of um, a nervous breakdown. But part of this was learning how to use um, R. And um, he was like, I think you're quite like this because he knew that I was in a kind of analytical role at that point. And I, I had a look at R and I was like, oh, this is this quite, quite cool and clever? And um, started to try and get to grips with it. Um, it, t- it took a fair, a fair few um, months, I guess, to really start to see the benefit. But it was really kind of serendipity that my brother was doing something and happened to learn about R and pointed me in that direction.
0: Great, OK. Um, a big part of the NHSR community is the, the Slack Um, as well as the other things that NHSR does, such as uh, webinars, conferences, training, and uh, collaborative projects in the community. So tell us about the Slack community and its importance to NHSR.
1: So I I think the the first part about the importance is that the the word community is in the name of this group. It's it's a community of people that are getting together to share ideas, discuss things, and learn from one another. To to have a community, we need to have a, a place to get together and meet. And as the NHSR community is meant to encompass everyone in England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, and it seems more and more further afield, um, it's it's an impossible thing to meet in physical spaces. So the Slack community is a a nice place for us all to get together online in a friendly environment and share kind of whatever we're working on or whatever problems we have. And it's, it's a great platform because it's just completely open. Anyone can come and join us. Um, it, it, we don't really mind if you work in the NHS or you work in you know, public health. That's great. But we've got people that are, you know, work in the private sector and we've got um, people that have worked in other healthcare systems in the world. Um, so it is a completely open platform. That's why I think it's great and useful for us.
0: So tell us about some of the projects that you're doing at the moment using R.
1: So um, some that I've worked on in the past year, there's a um, model that we built to try and predict surging surge in mental health referrals and activity, um, initially to the MERS care system. Um, but then that was expanded to NHS England. Um, but that was a system dynamics model that we built in R. And then we built a front end on using Shiny, so people can come along, enter their own parameters and their own assumptions, and quickly get the results out and work with. Also, at the moment, we've um, got a collaborative project for the NHSR community, trying to implement the um, Plot the Dots work from um, NHS England's um, Sam Raigo's team. Um, So that's trying to do XMR SPC charts entirely within R. Giving the same kind of look and feel and output as you get from the Excel tools that produce, but in a way that is much easier to work with in a programmatic way. So, we've got um, one of the guys on the project, Simon, he he has his um, entire kind of IPR report now generated through an R script that I think he he proudly claims spits out all of the charts in about two seconds. a lot easier than kind of repeatedly going in and copying and pasting data into Excel and copying and pasting those charts back out. Here's is now just a a single click run through and you get your results out.
0: Yeah, it's a really important project, I think, for NHSR. And I think it's a good uh, indication of um, what we can do when we work together. Um, and I wonder whether we might possibly, I haven't discussed this, but we might come back to that in a future episode actually, because I think that's a really interesting piece of work. And I think obviously it has very broad um, applicability across the NHS because they are, partly because of Sam Riley's team, uh, SPC charts are, are being used more and more and more, especially in things like board reports. Right, okay. So yeah. the last question will be, um, what are the advantages and disadvantages of using R? and do you use any other tools or languages to do your work?
1: So. Um... I suppose the disadvantage as well is there is a, a learning curve. I and mean, it's probably quite a steep learning curve, especially if you've not come from a background of computer programming. You, you might be used to using a point and click tool like Excel or may, maybe even something like SPSS or SAS. Um, and you, you know, you can achieve a lot quite quickly with those tools. It's easy to pick up and you can see how someone's done something and learn relatively quickly, whereas R you're just faced with this wall of text and um, then some of the more modern things like tidyverse, I'd argue are are very understandable, Um, you you can look and it's using verbs that make sense compared to, you know, base R where it's a bunch of square brackets and pointy arrows and for loops, Um, if you look at some of that you're probably going to come away and think how on earth does this work? Um, but once you've got over that initial learning curve, you've got something that is easily reusable. It's you know not only can you rerun that same analysis with next month's data or the month's data after that, you can use that same analysis with a slight different cut of data. So you know maybe you've got two different areas of in a hospital, um, you build a report off. The one area, and then you can quickly reuse that for the other area. If you're doing that in Excel, you probably click, copy, paste, drag, save, copy the file, restart. In R, you're just reusing that same bit of code over and over again. So I think that's the greatest advantage of R. I mean, there's a lot of other advantages that you get where there's all the things that people have created on CRAN. So if you want to do Neural nets, you can go use the Keras package. If you want to go build web applications, you've got Shiny. You know, and this all of these different things that people have already solved and tackled some of the major problems. So you, you end up just standing off the shoulders of giants. But so those are the, the big advantages I'd say of R. Um, and in terms of what to, I, mean, I, I use R for everything now. Um, if I'm trying to query data out of the database, I'll just use the DB player package and, just write some code that looks like dplyr code and it'll just extract my data for me. I'm kind of in the fortunate position, I guess, that we've got in our organization um, a a very good data warehousing team. So I don't have to do much raw manipulation of SQL anymore. Um, But yeah, I'm using DbPlayer for everything. Um, And then yeah, for visualization, of course, I'm using ggplot. It's, yeah, once you've got used to that, kind of syntax to do you plot, you can create absolutely wonderful things with it. And yeah, you're really just limited by your own imagination rather than the tool itself. Um, But then in terms of other other tools and programming languages that I use, I mean, that's probably another disadvantage of R that R isn't always the best programming language if you're trying to do actual programming. Um, So if you have some kind of, um problem where you've you've got to write some algorithm from scratch to process some data um, i had something before where there's a, a kind of a graph searching algorithm that i think it took about 45 minutes to run in r um, so i rewrote that in python and it, it took about two seconds um, it, it, you know, r isn't always the best programming language so it's worth having these other tools in your belt so python is a great one for data work um, if you're doing some of the kind of shiny application development, you might have to dip into using a bit of JavaScript. Um, occasionally I'll touch on C and C++, I guess. Um, though I tend to avoid it because I end up tripping myself up more with <laughs> these kind of compiled languages, very much harder to work with. But, um, yeah. I'll, I'll write, I will use for mostly everything, um, anything where it, I'll just start speaking a bit slow. I'm probably dipping
0: into
1: Python. That's All right. I specifically so just on banned the... from mentioning
0: my favorite programming language. Uh, so. Yes, I did ban <laughs> any mention of that programming language, yes, because I didn't want to put people on <laughs> episode zero. So we won't be having any chat about that. Thank you. Um, yes, just on the subject of uh, learning curve, I would like to share my story. So I learned about 10 years ago, basically completely on my own. Um, there was this guy that had run a course that I was on. I think he was in Canada. I mean, he, he came over here to do the course, uh, but I think when I emailed him and he helped me with a loop that I've written that I couldn't get working, there was obviously the notoriously um, unfriendly R mailing list. Um, and that was basically it. There wasn't even a lot of stuff on Stack Overflow. So I had a very, very painful time learning R. And when I look back at the R code that I wrote at that time, it was absolutely appallingly bad because i had no you know i was no supervision or guidance from anybody and i vowed at that you know having come through that that nobody would experience what i experienced because it was so long and slow and painful and even then i was making efficiencies there. you know that's why i learned r and that's a testament really to to how useful r is that i was still working faster than before even like that um and so NHSR is sort of the realisation of the dream that I had, not that I made it happen, but it feels like it's my dream come true, which is a load of people all over the country, all helping each other. So NHSR, we do training, we do webinars, we do conferences. Uh, The introduction to our course is phenomenally good. uh, And it's been run many, many times. And my colleague Zoe Turner is uh, particularly good at running that one. And there are other people in the community who also run it. It's completely free. Um, So do please look up um, NHSR community. Uh, I'm sure there'll be links in the show notes of this um, if you're interested in learning art and you will find that you have a much, much, much smoother experience than I did. Okay, with all that said, I think that's the end of this episode for today. So I hope it's been enjoyable for you. We'll be back in a few weeks. Um, I won't announce the special guest just yet, um, but we have representation from NHSX. We have someone from the Health Foundation and we have... um, what many people, the, what most people, I think, would regard as the father of NHSR, um, who will all be on to discuss um, where it all came from and what the need was it for and uh, how important it is. So I hope you'll all join us for that. So uh, with all that said, uh, we'll bid you farewell. Thank you, Chris.